yeah we're ready to roll um let's do it let's do it hey what's up y'all welcome to the stay for the stories podcast i'm your host jacob elijah joining me today uh new york city born and bred die hard bacon egg and cheese salt pepper loving new yorker turned runner brian keto what's up man how you doing What's up, homie? Uh, you missed the ketchup, but that's okay. Bro. I missed the ketchup? Oof. What's my rating? What's my rating? Cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup, but it don't matter. Um, a for effort, my guy. A for effort? All right. Yeah, a let's start with effort. that. Let's start with that. How did that get started? So people that don't know, what's your Instagram? Let's, let's, I, let's IG drop the handle right now. All right. Instagram is Brevino. It's, um, it, it's pronounced Brevino, not Brevinho. Because okay. a lot of people will be stopping me saying, like, hey. Yeah, luckily I didn't say it because that's exactly how I would have said it. Um, so go yeah, ahead, that's go how ahead. I already said it. I made a lot of friends because they'll be like, yo, what's your handle? Is Are you Brevinho? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am Brevinho. Um, there you go. It's pronounced like that because it's a Portuguese thing. Okay. I'm not Portuguese, but it's a Portuguese thing. It's a nickname. Okay, repping. All right. So how did yeah. that get started? How did you start the... New York City slang terms and expressions, interviews, ratings. Uh, uh, New York City talk test? Yeah, talk New test. New York City there talk you go. test. Um, so uh, I think a few years ago, like I guess two years ago, I started making a lot of running friends and I realized they're not from New York. Mm. And I used to, I talk a lot, a lot with myself. <laughs> like I talk a lot in my mind mm-hmm. and I'll be running and then I'll be listening to these new people I'm meeting. And I'm like, I know damn well you're not from New York. Not that it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I could just hear them talk. And I'm like, that's not a New York City accent. I just I just know it. It's a little game I play with myself. And I just, one day I pulled out my phone. I'm like, hey, can, um, can you do me a favor? Can you say some things? I'm going to say something. Please say it back because I'm just curious how you say it. Mm-hmm. Because you're not from here and you have an accent. And we just tried it once and it was a really funny thing. We were probably getting beers or something, and they already saw me do it. And they were like, yo, send me the video, because that's hilarious. And I'm like, I didn't record it. I just was curious to see how she would sound if she would say what I say on the daily. Mm -hmm. And then the next time I did it, I put it on my phone. And the next time I did it, I put it on IG. And now I could be um, be in a track. I could be at a bar. I could be walking down the street with my dogs. I hear an accent that's not New York, and I'll just stop and be like, hey, my name is Brian. You probably haven't met me yet, but uh, otherwise you don't known as like Brevinho. If you saw me, now Brevin. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, now you know. There you go. And cool. now, um, now whenever I meet a new runner, a lot of them aren't from here, and we just spark up a conversation. And in less than five minutes, I got my phone now. I'm like, hey, let's play the New York City talk test. Mm. And and once they see me pull out the phone, they get nervous, and that's the fun part. Because now you're under pressure, mm-hmm. but it's it's always for fun. It's a it's it's a silly game, you know. I'm never trying to be mean or anything about it. It's just you know, mm-hmm. it's a silly thing. And then once people see how it works, they go along with it, and it's super funny. So mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, "Hey, keep it going." So I have. So, uh, born and bred New Yorker. Where were you born? Like, what's your neighborhood? What are what's your streets? Uh, walk me through the like. Walk me through being born and bred living in new york yeah so i was born so my what i tell all my friends is i'm hell's kitchen born and mm-hmm. raised so i was born in the neighborhood of hell's kitchen on 50th street and 10th avenue 
So anybody who goes, anybody who goes to As Is, I grew up right across the street. Oh, cool. Are, are, you, are you there now or no? No. So that's where I grew up until I was 12. Then my folks bought a house here in Queens. And okay. uh, I moved out here with my family for the first time. And then um, back and forth, you know, move, me by myself moving to different spots. I'm now back in Missouri. Gotcha. So kind of back in the neighborhood where I did, you know, the rest of my childhood. So, um, g- going into running, all of or a lot of your running friends are non-New Yorkers. They're not locals, right? They come from all yeah. different parts. Even me included. I'm from. I grew up in Texas, so like, yeah. Um, I totally understand. How like, do you have many of your childhood friends, long-lasting friends, that are also runners, or is like the major are the majority of your friends now slash runners all out of staters? So the majority of my runner friends aren't from New York. Okay. Um, cool. I, I, all my, uh, sorry, 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 all my, uh, all my friends, you know, that aren't runners, they're all friends from like high school probably, mm-hmm. and none of them run. So there's a pretty big divide between my friends from the city okay. and my friends who are runners because they aren't from New York. So walk me through childhood growing up and playing sports in New York. Like, what did you grow up playing? What was your first love um, when you were a kid? So growing up, um, growing up, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm very, I'm a first generation um, uh, American, Ecuadorian American. Okay. So there wasn't much time for sports, you know, both mom and dad were working. And uh, the first time I ever got introduced to sports was uh, during the summer, I was in a PAL PAL uh, summer summer um, camp, and uh, they uh, offered baseball. Hmm. So I uh, I joined the Pee Wee baseball league. From the, I think it was the age, the ten year old age, mm-hmm. ten year division, and I played baseball for the first time. We were sponsored by uh, J P Morgan, so there were free pizzas after oh, every wow. game. Yeah, I was set. I was like, I don't free pizza, and that was the first time I ever played sports uh, at all. And then in high school. I played uh, varsity soccer and varsity volleyball, just because it was the only it, because it was the only way I could get a gym credit. Oh, okay. So okay. I had to. I went to a very hippie high school, and they didn't offer gym. So they're like, "Hey, man, you can play a sport if you want." And I was like, "I right, cool. I need four gym credits. Let me get a couple of seasons of uh, sports." And I played soccer. Well, I grew. I, I played soccer. I'm Spanish. I grew up playing soccer my whole life, mm-hmm. but never competitively, just for fun. And I did uh, varsity soccer and volleyball. And that's it in terms of, you know, my childhood playing sports, Mm -hmm. just did stuff for fun, but never took anything seriously. So right now running is probably the most serious sport I've ever taken at an adult age. Yeah. So then, all right, so let's go, let's go there. So how did you get into running? And then, yeah, let's start there. How did you get into running? Um, I got into running because I found out about uh, NRC, Nike Run Club. Okay. uh, Back in twenty. 15 uh somebody uh, i was i was interning um, um at this hospital and my supervisor we were having lunch and she pulled out her phone and she told me she showed me these very high quality photos mm. and she's like hey look i'm a nike athlete and i'm like oh word <laughs> that's cool i think i'm a bit more fit than you so i think i'm a nike athlete too yeah, yeah. and then she gives me the rundown and explains to me how um how how you know the Nike running stores in New York City offer uh, 
free weekly running sessions. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I went to the Nike Home Run, which was a Wednesday run that they used to have from from the Nike store and on Fifth Avenue. It's mm-hmm. not there anymore, but that's used to be the biggest store. So they used to hold it from there. Mm-hmm. And I just started. I, I I went to a home run, and oh, you know what? Actually, in my first ever home run, like the Wednesday run that I went to, it was raining really hard. Oh yeah. And I, I wasn't going to go because I'm like, people don't run in the rain. Like, it's, mm. it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I called so call Nike, Nike Town. And I'm like, hey, I'm on my way to your, to your run. Are you guys still holding it? Because the weather's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Without hesitation, the person on the other side says, we run in all climates. Hangs up the phone. There you I'm go. like, okay. All right. Yeah, looks like I'm said. going. Yeah, enough said. Enough, say less. And... <laughs> And I uh, and I went and I fell in love with it, man. There's there's uh, 300 people in the middle of Central Park. Oh, cool. Uh, I heard uh, I heard uh, the coach explain the workout. She was very passionate in how she explained it, and I'm like, oh wow, these people are serious about this running thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first ever run. They they offered three, five, and I think seven mile loops, mm-hmm. and I got dropped. Um, 10 minutes into the three mile loop at the slowest possible pace, wow. which they call sex pace. Yeah. And I was like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just diving into this. I was very curious. I mm-hmm. really wanted, to, I was so, so interested in the fact that so many people were having fun and okay. there were a lot of people at the same time. I, I was, it was a lot. It was a culture shock. Mm-hmm. And little by little, I kept on going. Uh, Wednesdays turned into Mondays, which then included Tuesdays. Next thing you know, I'm trying to do long runs on Saturdays, and I fell in love with it. You know, mm-hmm. NRC showed me, NRC, NRC gave me that um, introduction to other running communities, and I just dove in right after. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, the reason I asked about your friends, like, runner slash friends, or friends slash runners from either being, like, local, being locals or being from out of state is because now that I think about it, I'm curious to see, like, if I think about all of my friends and you, we share, like, we run in the same circles. And I'm thinking if, like, in the running community, if people are not, like, a lot of them are not from New York. And I think that's so interesting, like, that, because from the outside, from the outside looking in, from when I first moved here, and how, when I got introduced to running, I thought, I just had a picture in my head that a lot of like the run, the New York city running community was centered around New York city. And that meant it was centered around New Yorkers, like locals. Right. So I figured all like the people that were that born and raised here must have grown up running or like love, loving, learning how to run and then being like that, immersing themselves in that atmosphere. But now looking back at it or looking from taking a step back, it's like, Oh, maybe a lot of people aren't from here that also are just runners. And then that it's like the culture. Does that make sense? That like they're non, they're non-locals that is that you make up the running community are just not New Yorkers who were born, born here, born and raised here. So I think about it. I think about that sometimes now, because if you're a, if you went to high school in New York city, you know, for a fact that your school didn't offer a uh, track and field or any, oh, any, okay. anything running related. Mm-hmm. Um, most high schools didn't have enough people to it there are very few big high schools in the city mm-hmm. so you can't even have a basketball well you can have a basketball team you can't have a football team here oh yeah and um and yeah no, no unless you're going to a private school they offer all sports but if you're in a public school in the five boroughs four boroughs you know 
Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, let's be yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not gonna get offered any uh any uh sport other than basketball. Okay. So yeah, it makes sense that a lot of a lot of people who grew up here didn't um didn't uh run because you mm-hmm. had to go to either a really big high school, which there weren't too many, or you had to go to a private high school and they offer the sport. Got so it took me a minute, but I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I wonder all these people from from you know from uh from big uh from big uh, states or big high school states they they mm. that's yeah so now, it took me a minute but then it made sense yeah that now like yeah thinking about it now it definitely makes a lot of sense so your intro to running was more out of of interest like you're very curious into like who are these runners are how how like why and how are they having so much fun so when mm-hmm. when do you have like do you have an exact moment when you knew that you felt like that you loved the sport like when that light bulb went off and the switch was made and it was like oh like it might have been hard at first or like just diving into it to no I love this like can you walk me through that moment do you have a moment I I till this day I remember the exact exact conversation where I decided to drop everything and just focus on running mm-hmm. um at the time I was boxing. I had been boxing for over two oh, years cool. at the time. So, you know, okay. There's so from like 2013 so you have, you have, you have going into 2015. You have hands. Uh, I, I got the hands. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold, 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 hold that thought. Hold that thought. Did you know that I used to compete in martial arts? Did you know nah, that? I, I know you played football. Yeah, no, no. My first sport, uh, I was a competitive martial artist, if you want to call me that uh part of an international oh, international circuit um five-time what? world champion second degree black belt and what though uh so i did so my school was american style taekwondo i oh okay uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did katas so i did forms and like if you are unfamiliar with martial arts or like there are different i did styles. i did i did that for a year oh cool okay see so well a lot of people don't a lot of people just assume it's like ufc like you're in the ring and you're boxing and you're fighting kickboxing someone else where they actually have things called like katas or forms which is the equivalent of like a dance or like you're putting on a show um and you do these I, move you have i did form movements. too yeah okay cool so that's what yeah, I, I did titles for- in that Damn, I, won, okay. I, did, I did japanese a japanese okinawan style Kempo Polynesian style, and then I had I did weapons, so like the bow staff, which is like a stick, more or less. I did the those three specialties, and that's when I won my five titles in. Um, Damn! So then, I did uh, it when I was seven years old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't that serious, but yeah, I definitely, oh, yeah. I definitely do remember form. I do remember oh, having okay, to cool. form. Yeah, so I did yeah. I did uh, martial arts for eight years, five to thirteen. I think I competed for about five years maybe when i was eight to 13 um and i won out all of my titles one title when i was 12 and then four titles when i was 13 got my second degree black belt and then that was it then i i decided to pursue football and then went on to play football um for the rest of my athletic career up until now being a runner um all right so walk me through boxing you're boxing for two years throwing hands knocking people out um and then then what happened so, all right. So I was boxing. Well, I was boxing since I was 18 because I remember right into college, I got a free one-year membership to to what is now called the UFC gyms. Okay. And so I did that for a year. I liked it. I took a little bit off. So like around 2013, I went back into boxing and uh, I fell in love with it. 
And to the point where I went from going to classes to actually sparring in-house gym. Oh, cool. So I think I have, I have, um, rounds at least, I have at least a hundred rounds of sparring for for like from the age of 20, from the age of 19 to 21. And I have at least like 20 in-house matches. So I I really took it serious. Cool. Yeah. So I really took it seriously. 100% success rate? You won all 20 matches? I didn't lose a lot, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. I remember my third fight, we passed out because none of us, like me and my okay. me and the guy I was going against, we weren't going to quit. Yeah. And basically, like, I had a draw because we were both out of shape and out of mm. cardio. But, yeah, um, I, so I was boxing for two years from, like, 19 to 21. And uh, I was still doing my uh, my soccer tournaments on the side. So, you know, mm. Saturday, Sunday, pick up the cleats, go to LIC or some park and compete in that. But um, but yeah, so I uh, I really liked um, I really liked boxing. But at the same time, I wasn't really living a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I learned the discipline. I learned to box. But, you know, my life outside of boxing, I was uh, I was doing dumb some shit sorry i don't know if i could curse here or not but that's fine that's the that's the most honest way to say it Mm -hmm. and um and you know um and and then my love for boxing turned into uh, an unhealthy outlet because i just wasn't doing the right things at this time you know Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of a lot of drinking and partying and a lot of bad influences and so actually my my love for boxing got tainted, but I, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop doing it because it's like the only structure that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe was I subconsciously looking for something else? I probably was. And then I, uh, like I said, I, I found out about NRC. Mm-hmm. I went there and to end, now to go back and to answer your question, uh, one of the coaches at, uh, at Nike Run Club, her name is Julia Lucas. Mm-hmm. She's one of the best people I know in the world. And she also had a way of talking. She, the way she spoke made you believe in yourself, even if you've never met her. Mm. And so she would get in the middle of this 500-person group. And by the time she'd be done talking, um, we'd be ready to go, man. You know, mm. her, her, her speeches were like a can of monster because I was ready after that. And then one day, you know, um, uh, she would, I would pull up to... I would pull up to the runs and I would take off my shirts, you know, to squeeze out the, squeeze out the sweat. And she'd see like bruised ribs and maybe like one of my cheeks were a little bit better than the other. And it's like, what are you doing? What's going on? Like you come here consistently, but you consistently show up, beat up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, do you have any goals? Is there anything you want to run? And at the time I had, um, I had heard about the Brooklyn half the brooklyn half not any brooklyn half the brooklyn mm-hmm. half mm-hmm. and uh, i wanted to sign up for it but it was too late so and so some time passed and i told her i wanted to do it again and she told me she's like hey i see you come out on mondays i see you come out on wednesdays i really think you could set a goal and break it if you focus on running mm-hmm. and and i i feel like she re i feel like she saw me and she knew i was going through shit mm-hmm. because she used to speak to me in a way where it's like hey you know, let me help you. Let this sport help you because you're mm-hmm. coming here in bad shape trying to, you know, find some joy in life. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, so I, 
was like she don't even know me how is she how, how how does she know me if she but doesn't she, even but know she me? saw you but she saw you you know what i mean like yeah she, she just might not know you yeah. but she saw you yeah she, she's good people um good people, people man yeah and so and so then she says she's like hey listen if you want to train for the brooklyn half we could train you for the brooklyn half we can i can help you mm-hmm. but you can't keep showing up like this that was on a wednesday on the thursday and the following thursday the next day on the thursday i canceled my gym membership Mm. and on friday i called the guy who was the coach of the of the two teams i would play with on the weekends mm-hmm. and i was like hey um i'm done mm-hmm. i'm uh, i'm not gonna show up to the the and the guy who was in charge of saturday i'm like hey i'm not gonna be in the team anymore and then i had to call the guy for the sunday team and say hey i'm not gonna be in the team anymore and honestly they didn't really care it wasn't a big deal because they, they would always find somebody else to you know sub in so it wasn't a big mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. but the letting go of the boxing that was like uh, that's all I needed to hear, man. Somebody to yeah. believe in me, and then I just quit everything. And by the next Monday, I was buying uh, good running shoes. Mm-hmm. Getting I used to run in all my soccer gear. Oh, yeah. I would I would never show up to any of my runs with actual clothes, like uh, running clothes. I had my my um my Manchester United and my Barca jerseys, mm. and then it was accompanied with a pair of soccer shorts and my um indoor shoes. Mm. Then I was like, nah, I'm I'm all in, and yeah, yeah. and uh, and I stuck to NRC. Uh, Julia held it down. You know, we had some conversations time to time. I met, I made some friends, and then I was introduced to Root Crew and Bridge Runners, and that only made me fall in love with mm-hmm. the community even more. So mm-hmm. that was the exact moment where I was like, I'm all in. All in. You weren't kidding when you yeah. said that you dropped everything to commit to running. Like that is a full time commitment. Um, and as you describe it and as you explain it and share that story, but yeah, that I, that's so relatable. Um, so what, what, was it an easy transition or not so easy transition going from like a boxing, a little bit more of a stationary, different type of endurance sport to running and then going into distance running, like walk me through that transition as an athlete. Um, and for you training wise, um, workout wise, how was that transition? So as a boxer, I've always been a big guy, you know, I've always been uh, pretty much on the chubby side. So cardio is key in boxing. And I was always someone who had to run more to build cardio. And I didn't like running. I, I, I'm like, if I have, if, if I have a solid jab and if I have a nice right hook, I'm not worried about cardio because it's mm-hmm. not going to go past the fifth. So I wasn't bored. I never took cardio too seriously. Yeah. And, um, and uh, and so I would do like 10, 15 minutes of running, but it's all time-based. I never thought about kilometers and mileage. So I just did my necessary and my necessary running, and then I'd get back into it. But then I start running, and I'm like, oh, snap. Um, I've never run over more than 15 minutes, and now I'm running uh, 30 minutes, and then they're calling out we hit the three-mile mark. Mm. So then I started looking at, at – um, at time differently because I stopped thinking about time. I just started thinking about mileage. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anything, I was in, per- I, I slowly got into perfect boxing shape because I finally had the cardio. I never worked hard for when yeah. boxing. Yeah. So it was, it was a little, it was a little funny uh, half a year into it. I'm like, yo, son, I could go back into the ring better than ever right now. Mm. <laughs> but that, that wasn't, that was, that was no longer an option. Yeah. 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 So I, I was committed. What? What sparked the interest to do a half marathon? Was it to push yourself to go distance? Was it to, that you wanted that challenge and you set that goal? Or was it something else that sparked you run, wanting to run the Brooklyn half? 
I, I joined the running community in in, in, the, in the late summer of 2015. Okay. And at the time, people were getting ready to run the New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. Every every friend I made was preparing for the New York City Marathon. NRC, their whole their whole calendar was based on getting people ready for the New York City Marathon. Yeah, like their training and program. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was excited. I'm like, damn, this seems this seems fun. This seems cool. Everybody runs the marathon. They're all they all have the shiny medals, but more importantly, they're like so proud of their time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's a time thing. Like the medal shiny, that's cool, but everybody's talking about their time because you know you stamp it on the back. You have mm-hmm. it forever. And I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna set a goal, it's sure as hell not gonna be a marathon because that's too long. Uh, it's gonna be a half marathon. You know, let me break it down, and I can that seems more reasonable for me at the time. So uh, I I wanted I didn't want to I didn't want something low key I wanted I wanted a big stage so I could hold myself accountable you know mm-hmm. if I do something on the low and I don't finish or if I don't hit my time I'll keep it to myself but I needed a little bit of pressure yeah so I found out about the Brooklyn half the biggest uh, half that New York Roadrunners does and uh, and I signed up for for the following year for 2016 mm-hmm. I trained with uh, Nike for it. I was off my, uh, I was off, uh, I, I, I went hard. I wanted to get two hours. I ended up getting like two hours, four seconds or something. Nice. And instead of feeling upset, I was super proud of myself. I'm like, damn, I haven't, I haven't been proud of myself at the time. I haven't been so proud of myself at not achieving a goal. Mm-hmm. Then I did that day <laughs> after, after finishing Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it was just more, it just hooked me even more. And so I trained uh, again for it and, you know, I've done so many um, halves after that, but you know, sub two became easy after that because you know you just start working harder and you mm-hmm. and you really start understanding. So I I'm, I messed up. There's a lot of goals I didn't hit when I first started running, mm-hmm. but it then um, like all that failure just made me want to try even harder. And the mm-hmm. fact that I wanted to try harder gave me structure, um, and it gave me a certain kind of structure that I think I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, running was really helping me in life as opposed to just uh, running faster. Yeah, it was a nice uh, give and take. Mm-hmm. That was the, that was a cool thing for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there are a lot of um, a lot of takeaways from running that carry over into life in general. Like that's one thing I love about the sport itself. Even again, like having competed in martial arts and football and a number of different sports like there are always things that athletics could provide you like stability like um, accountability uh, teammates community you name it Um, like there are a lot of carries over that go into life itself you know Um, and I like I like how you put your emphasis on distance and time and setting goals like you never felt so more proud to not accomplish a goal than you did that half marathon and like, I think a lot of people have primary goals, secondary goals, and like a number of different goals. And if you don't hit them, like you still are successful because you tried, you know, like I'm, a, I'm an advocate for if you give it all and you fall short, you still have something to be proud of because you did just that, like you gave it your all um, and whatever the result of it more or less does matter, but it also doesn't because you at least went all out hundred percent there's no doubt in your mind that you did what you could do. Um, and then it's about short-term memory, bouncing back, and then let's go again. You know what I mean? Like, let's shoot for that next half marathon. Let's train a little better, train a little smarter, um, and go for that, go for round two. 
Um, and that's like a never ending cycle as a competitive athlete or an athlete or a person in general to keep pushing those boundaries and those limits uh, and to keep trying. So I love that. I love how you, how you put that. Um, how many half marathons have you ran to date? Um, I, I couldn't give you the exact number because I stopped counting at this point. Uh, so many, I've done so many, so many, you, like, uh, have, you don't have any fingers and enough fingers to count how many half marathons you've ran. Like here's, here's the thing though. I, I'll do a half marathon. And uh, if I say I've run 15 marathons, cool. If I say I've run 20 marathons, cool. But I'm not worried about, I'm not, I'm not keeping count of how many, you know, the goal isn't to run a lot of half marathons. The goal mm-hmm. is, you know, enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you know, run a little bit faster or set a goal and try to achieve it. Mm-hmm. So I think I've run at least 15 half marathons. That's legit, man. How, how, yeah. long, have, how long have you been running? Or, I started running years, in late. Late 2015. So yeah. let's say 2016, because, you know, two, three months that I've been on the account. Yeah, yeah. So since 2016. So like five years. Nice, dude. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so then walk me through you wanting to decide, because I know you, you ran full marathons. Walk me through the decision to go from half marathon to full marathon. Um, walk me through that thought process and that experience to set that goal to run a full marathon okay so i i well i ran half marathons because i just honestly thought a full marathon is an insane thing to do mm-hmm. i i honestly could not comprehend how these people were so happy all the time training long distance yeah. and i'm like i could be happy too just i don't have to do a 16 mile to be happy i could do a five six mile you know let me mm-hmm. train for a half let me let me understand this whole training concept before i dive full, fully into it and after a, a year's worth of running, I um, uh, I was convinced to 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 run a marathon. So I was told that the easiest one to get into by luck is the Chicago Marathon. Okay. So I signed up for it, and like they said, I got in through the lottery. It was really easy. Yeah. But then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I wouldn't want the Chicago Marathon to be my first marathon because I'm a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And then they started talking about like world majors and stuff like that. And they're like, hey, uh, New York is a world major. And I'm like, hey, 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 hold up. Let Brian take a step back. If you're going to run a major, you know, and I say that while I'm, I'm putting quotes in the air, um, it might as well be New York. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. diehard New Yorker. Anybody who knows me has, is annoyed by how many times I say Hell's Kitchen is born and bred, and I mean it. And so I was like, you know what? Um, let me defer that. Uh, let me, let me, uh, let me uh, get, find a way to get into the New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. So in 2016, uh, I, I was able to fit in towards the end of the calendar, the mm-hmm. nine plus one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just squeezed it in last, I can't remember which one, the last one, but like sec- oh, the second to last one, because I sure as hell wasn't running a 5k in, in New Year's. Mm-hmm. So I ran the second to last one that fit in for the 2017 New York City Marathon. And, you know, at the time I had like an app on my phone that was going to train me, but I was in. I was uh, introduced to, and I got accepted into uh, Nike's Project Moonshot Marathon Training oh, cool. Program, and it it had already people who I knew in it, who I knew mm-hmm. from running. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna train with these people, and I think it was a hundred of us. I want to say, yeah, I think it was a hundred of us, and they, um, Nike took care of us. They gave us training. We had coaches. We had pace groups. So you know, uh, instead of running. You know, all these hard things by yourself. I was surrounded by people my speed, you know, 
And it was, uh, it was, I was at the right place at the right time because mm-hmm. I was honestly spoiled with how good that, that training was for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, that just made me fall in love with it even more, man. Uh, and yeah, so I did that during the summer of 2017 and I ran and it just, uh, it, it, I couldn't have prepared any more than I did at the time. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, that, that, that's, so that, those four months, that, that was my life, man. Mm. That was my life. I, I I had a I had a girlfriend at the time. She didn't understand running. She wasn't a runner, and I was like, like no, "Yo, no, no, no late think- night, no late night Friday, Friday nights. Like, now we got to rest. Early rise, long run Saturdays. That's the kind of vibe that people don't understand too." I had to talk to my friends, my non-runner friends, my 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 homies from high school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Hey guys, uh, you know, I'm sorry I'm not responding to the group chat, but like, I can't hang out for saying." Yeah, I cannot. I I because I have a tempo on Thursday. I can't hang out Saturday night because I have a long run Sunday morning. And they're like, "Yo, who are you? Like, where's where's the Brian that we know? We want him back." Um, and then that's also when I was realizing, I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, life life is changing. Uh, um, my priorities are changing." And yeah, it was a, it was an amazing summer, man. And that that was the summer that I got to, that I got me to um. The New York City Marathon. I told my uh, the way I was running throughout the summer. The it looked like I was gonna break four, so I was like, okay, uh, two months into training, that was my goal, break four, and uh, and then yeah, uh, November came along. I ran it. I ran a oh, damn it. I remember the time. It was my first marathon. I ran a four sixteen fifty eight, and um, and it was an emotional summer because I was honestly, I, I saw my life just changing. I was taking, I was making different decisions. I was taking different, I was making different life choices mm-hmm. uh, through running. And I remember I crossed that finish line. I, d- I didn't think I was going to see somebody at the finish, but one of my teammates who trained with me, mm-hmm. she was actually a volunteer and she was giving out medals. Oh, cool. So, so I, I'm exhausted. I'm finishing. I see her. And this is somebody, you know, who got to know me throughout the summer. And I see her, she puts the medal around my own, around my neck. And I just start bawling. I just start mm. crying like a, like, like a damn baby, son. And then I'm like, and then like, I, I'm having an epiphany, man. I'm just seeing my, my whole past life go behind me. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, this is it. And um, if any, anybody, nobody really, nobody really knows me since, since I was a kid, because all these, all these runners are, are are new to my life mm-hmm. but anybody who met me as a teenager so like i was 20 son i never saw anything through mm-hmm. I, I was half-assed in everything my whole life and then to, to actually finish that marathon and then it was just an understanding of oh uh the mind is growing you know uh i'm seeing things differently and i honestly believe crossing that finish line was the moment i fully 100 percent left my old life behind it was the day i i I thought i dropped my bad habits crossing that finish line was me fully letting go of all the bad lifestyles that i used to live behind Mm -hmm. so you know i'll never forget new york city it was my first marathon and really meant a lot in terms of me falling more in love into the running sport nice yeah dude i mean yeah that's yeah like i mean it goes all the way back to that it, it being a full-time commitment and then setting goals for yourself holding yourself accountable having teammates and a group that crews and friends that hold you accountable to and also help you along the way like that is that's another again so many things to love about running in general as a sport um 
as a habit, as a commitment, and as a community, especially here in New York. Um, well, okay, how was how was that experience though? How was running your first? Not don't not just finishing, not not walking across that finish line. How was like pushing your body, pushing your mind to run twenty six point two miles? It's all about the journey. It's it's mm-hmm. all about those four months. Uh, uh, because you don't know how you're gonna start, you don't know exactly what this what this is gonna look like. Mm-hmm. But then you have people around you telling you. Um, I, I'm I was just very lucky, man, because without that uh, that summer training program, I would have mm-hmm. not known how to go about it. So having a hundred people around you, all wondering how is this gonna work, um, having pacers there to to you know say hey. You seem like you've run this. You run this speed. Come run with me. Come run with the blue group. Uh, then move on to purple group. You know mm. uh, the color uh, determine the speed, and all those little insights. And then uh, I feel like I'm running in circles. But, uh, but yeah, it was just structure. It was there was a lot of wonderful structure that helped me understand how to train for a marathon. Mm-hmm. And then actually doing the the distance runs uh, with more people. It just made me it just made me feel good because you know you're struggling, but you got 20 people around you also hurting. Yeah, yeah. It hurts a little bit less at that point. Uh that's that's a good way. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. How, so how many full marathons have you ran at this point? I've done no, I have I've only done three. I okay. I did New York City in 17, Chicago in 18, and I just did uh Chicago again this past October. Got it. Do you want to talk yeah. about Do you want to talk about Chicago this year? A couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was. Dude, I talk about it. It was brutal. I'll talk about it. Tough. I mean, I talked to a lot of people uh, about it. The majority of people had a less than ideal experience. I, me included, in Boston the same weekend. So, um, if you want to chat about it, did you have Did you have a goal in mind? Were you trying to PR or were you trying to go for the experience? So the thing is, I don't have any way of complaining about the marathon because I didn't do the train for it. Okay. I, uh, I, you know, I did some long runs. I did a bit of training, but this year I just didn't feel like I was in a, in a, in a good space to train for long distance, but it was really commitment because I kind of forgot. I, I signed up via St. Jude's church and hospital. Okay. So I was like, I was like, I'll put it to the side. Maybe I'll defer it. But later on, I'm like, Oh damn, I have to fundraise and I have to, um, I just have to show up, you know, it'd be a mm-hmm. asshole move of me to not, you know, fundraise that money such a good cause so i was like all right let me um it, it was june i was like i'll start training for it it was july i was like i'll start training for it it's <laughs> august i'm like i could bust out a, a, a week plan a four-week plan but um but I, yeah i just uh i wasn't really i wasn't really ready to run it but i love chicago it's an amazing city i've been going there since 2018 so um so i was like you know what it's a flat course i i was gonna i was gonna really decide whether i run it or not and uh, a week before a week re- a week before the race on a Sunday, I ran 20 miles just to see if I could. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't care about time. I lost my Garmin, so I wasn't even looking at the time. Wow! I just planned out a I just planned out a route. Yeah. That I I, I knew very well. I ran it. I had my phone. I saw what time how long it took me. It took me like a little bit under four hours to break those 20. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna show up to Chicago knowing that I could at least uh, finish that distance. Mm-hmm. So I was chilling. I was with um. I was with two friends. They were trying to be cute. So, you know, they were very focused on that weekend. But I'm like mm-hmm. chilling, enjoying my time there, hanging out with friends, you know, super relaxed. But yeah. I got out there. A lot of people, it, it was humid and I sweat easily. So I was, yeah. I look like I got a bucket on me. 
at mile three. I was yeah. sweating head to head to toe, but uh, it was flat. I um I got it done. I, I knew I I remember like around mile thirteen to seventeen. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Uh, this was cute, but let me go ahead and not hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And then I was just reminded, like, hey, man, I, I've been through worse. Mm-hmm. I did. Then, you know, that mindset starts coming in, like the, like the I can't be broken mindset. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, so at mile 17, I was like, you know what? The after party is not till nine. I have nowhere to go. It's only 12 p.m. I'm going to bust this out because I have, I'm, I'm in no hurry to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. let me bust out this uh let me bust out this uh full marathon and remind myself i can't get this done by any means necessary and um and yeah I, I got it done i don't know my time i'm not even gonna look at it mm-hmm. uh that's not important i finished the uh, i finished the uh, marathon in however time it took me uh, i checked my phone and i had a whole bunch of um concerned and also positive messages what's mm. up how are you i just i wasn't looking at the time because my hands were so sweaty i could even sweat and check my phone <laughs> yeah, yeah um and i finished it and uh i remember my mom was concerned so she's the first person i called across the finish line and i just i just had to let her know like yo i'm good don't worry we got it done yeah, yeah. all is good so she found that out and then i remember i was uh i pulled out my instagram just you know let everybody <laughs> i have this funny saying you know i talked to the millions so I just had to, I just had to let the millions know that that it's all good. And I'm just, you know, top of the head, I'm just talking that talking to my phone. And I said something that I'm like, oh crap, that doesn't make sense. I, I, I told the camera, I was like, yo, I, I, I bend, but I don't break. Mm. That's exactly the mindset I had that day. And so, you know, yeah, yeah. it was fun. You know, I, I was going to message you. I was going to message a lot of people and be like, hey, how's every, how's how's it going? How you doing? And then you posted that on, on IG and I, you're like, Ben, but don't break. And I was like, yeah, he's good. He's, he, I don't yeah, got to worry about him. I'm gonna, I, can, I can message some other people. I don't got to worry about him. He, he He's good. He's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember saying that. That's funny, man. That's cool. Um, all right. So talk about, talk about fundraising. You had put up on, on the gram to the millions about your prized world winning five-star restaurant quality lasagna let's dive into that man what what about this lasagna is so great and then yeah just what 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 makes this lasagna special uh my lasagna is honestly mad basic all right lasagna mad basic. isn't difficult right. to make no frozen because i remember you probably also posted this on instagram so you know what like this is an advocate for your ig people follow this man uh Bravine ho follow him on ig <laughs> for the stories um yeah n- no frozen food section here from scratch everything okay what what's basic what's the recipe what's the secret sauce uh actually you know what there is some um, there's some secrets to the sauce but um but you know, it's on ground beef, veggies, all three cheeses. Um, you, you can't you can't be cheap on the pecorino romano, okay? Mm, okay. Stop playing, Quality. son. Quality. Yeah, like it, like if I did have to say something, it's the pecorino romano, no parmesan. Mm. I I get it. You know, some people all you can get is parmesan. I used to start off with parmesan, but then I realized, oh, you know, pecorino is a little bit better. Mm. But other than that, it's a. Uh, I used to um. I made, I used to make it for um for my friends. Okay. Uh, any any uh anybody any of my friends who aren't who who aren't from New York who live here now but don't have family, 
I, I'd be like, let me, let me make, let me make this person, let me make that person a trade because, you know, I'd make it for my family. And so I started making it for some people. I was like, yo, these, these I used to make it for my aunt and I used to make it for my uncle mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it's not like they had many people around and they lived around. So I'd make it for them. But I'm like, I'm making so much food. I could actually make a couple more trays. Mm-hmm. So I started giving them out to some of my friends. And um, I gave it out to some of my friends and then they posted it on Instagram. They're like, oh my God, it's the best lasagna in the world. And that led to other people getting pissed. They're like, hey, where's oh, yeah. my lasagna? I was just about to say, yeah, if you're giving it to a select few, they're, they're select. Yeah. They're, they're the elite squad that gets to taste the lasagna. And yet, uh, yeah, I'd be a little, I'm still mad. I haven't tried it. You know what I mean? Yo, but keep in mind, it was for my aunt and my uncle. It wasn't even for <laughs> y'all. I just realized one day I made too much. I okay. made too much. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. like, this can't go to waste. This can't go to waste. I got to give it to some people. Uh, I got one homie. It's only her and her mom. Nobody else. Like, mm. she has no family. I was like, you know what? I hit her up. I'm like, hey, I'm going to pull up. I'm going to drop you off a lasagna. And then she was mad grateful. I'm like, okay, people like her deserve this first round of lasagnas. Mm. You know, mm. I was dead ass trying to make my best to give it to somebody who really needs it. And then I give it out. So, you know, like I said, I gave it out to a couple of friends. All of them, the one thing they all have in common is none of them had any family in New York. Mm. I made sure I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say to y'all sometimes, you know, when we're on the phone talking, mm-hmm. but I know that for half an hour while you're having dinner, you're going to have a smile on your face because I can make a damn good lasagna. My man. And so then they would, you already know. So then they posted it on Instagram and a lot of people were complaining and I had free time, you know, during the week, mm-hmm. I, I could take a Wednesday off. I could, I could go mm-hmm. to Costco, you know, stock up and I started making more and then I started making more. And every now and then it was always, uh, uh, you know what? I like making this, and I and I feel like I could switch the sauce a little bit this way. I could feel like I could add this veggie this way, and then I was like, you know what? Try it out. If you like it, cool. If not, tell me what's wrong. I can always use a little bit of you know mm. uh, positive criticism, and then it became really popular. And, and oh, and I've never sold it. I've always given it out. Mm-hmm. I've uh, it's not it's not me to make money out. It's just I genuinely like cooking, mm-hmm. and I'm really good at making lasagna. So I got some free time. I tried baking. Uh no, so I was like, let me go back. <laughs> oh wait, ba- yeah, yeah. I, it's like ba- baking doesn't have any room for uh creativity. You know, mm. you have to be very specific mm. with your measurements. Yeah, it's more it's more of a science than an art for sure. Uh, it is, it yeah. is. But you know, it's it's not for me. You know, yeah, I I can make a cookie, but that's about it. <laughs> and so I was like, um, I really got into the whole lasagna thing, and um, and I was like, it's never gonna be a for a profit thing but then um then my boy dennis he uh during the summer he, uh, during, during, the summer, during the winter he was raising like fifty thousand for uh for some organization that mm-hmm. uh that helped immigrant families mm-hmm. i was like oh that hits home so if i'm ever gonna if i'm ever gonna advertise my my lasagna making it's gonna be mm-hmm. for a good cause mm-hmm. so that was the first time i actually introduced it and told everybody hey i make lasagnas if you've ever seen any of my friends talk about it, it's because I make him. Now, guess what? I'm gonna sell them for. I think it was like forty or fifty a pop, mm-hmm. and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna fundraise because I'm gonna give this guy a thousand dollars. You know, let me let me spend a little bit of money on ingredients and let me let me give him a lot more than I could probably give him. You know, mm-hmm. straight out of my wallet. And so I did that, and that really that that got a lot of people who didn't know about it knew about it then. 
So then I was like, okay, if I ever do it, it's going to be for a good cause. So fast forward to this whole um, Chicago Marathon fundraiser. I forgot about it. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm The marathon is in two weeks. Um, Melissa from St. Jude calls me. They're like, hey, how's fundraising going? I'm like, how's Oof. what going? <laughs> and so I had re- I had remembered that I actually had 5,000 from the year before. Yeah. I mean, I had 500 from the year before, and I thought I was done because, you know, there, there was already some money in the account. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I really need these people to, you know, help me out. How can I how can I entice them to do that? So I offered two designs. I was like, hey, doesn't matter how much you how much you donate. Uh, if you donate any amount, I'll put you in a lottery and uh, I'll pick two people and y'all get free designs. I ended up get, uh, reaching my goal in four days. Nice. So it worked. So the hype finally uh, came full mad, circle and it helped me good. out. Mad good lasagna. <laughs> hype is real. Mad good, son. Mad good, mad son. Good. <laughs> Yo, did you did you grow <laughs> up cooking? Um, like as a child, as a kid, like was that? Did you like to cook or like what 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 sparked the first lasagna? Um. So. Uh, I, I there were two summers where I just lived with my brother mm-hmm. and we had to learn how to cook because oh, either yeah. he was cooking or I was cooking. So I, I had to learn how to cook at an early age. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, uh, either, and so either that, he, he cooks or, or I cook or no one cooks and we don't eat. So one of us has to. Exactly. Out. Yeah, exactly. So that was my introduction to cooking. And um, as you know, my, my mom cooked my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the, the, those two summers, uh, we had to learn how to cook. And then fast forward to, ah, uh, damn, all right. It's going to be a little corny. Fast forward to like yeah. senior year of high school, I think. I promised mm-hmm. this girl, I was like, yo, pull up to the cribs and I make some real good lasagna. Oof. The boy was a damn liar. So I Googled <laughs> how to make lasagna. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I Googled how to make lasagna and it turns out it was very easy. So mm-hmm. I made it. It didn't, out, it didn't turn out too bad. Mm-hmm. Then throughout the years, I always had that uh, in my back pocket. Like if mm-hmm. I ever need to cook something or mm-hmm. if I ever go to a potluck, I'll make a lasagna. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, that's that's how that went. Mm. So uh, some people know, maybe maybe many don't. But yeah, I, I love to cook and bake. I'm sure if, if you've seen my stories and my Instagram, I, I occasionally will cook some, some cookie or bake some cookies, uh, biscuits, banana bread you name it my signature dish however is old-fashioned pecan pie this is a texan oh you bake bake southern yeah i bake bake man i bake bake and i do i do two different versions of the pecan pie i do a savory savory version and a sweet version um and that's my signature dish a close second and third well actually in no particular order pecan pie is by far the most popular and my number one dish but um uh in no particular order biscuits banana bread and zucchini bread um are all up there too but i, I grew up cooking so um i'm a military brat i was born oh, okay. in, was born in california uh lived in japan for three and a half years and when i was in japan uh for whatever reason um i i loved like the food channel and the food network station on tv so i grew up as a kid i grew up watching like master chef chopped shows like that um and like heaven forbid my family would be browsing through the channels and it, it'd go to the food network i would throw a fit if they passed it up and didn't leave it on on that channel for me to watch cooking shows um and i'm talking about two three years old i have a, a picture of me i kid you not 
um, I'm like three years old and I, I is a picture of me having climbed on the kitchen cabinets and drawers, standing on the drawers, cooking my own pancakes like that like <laughs> three years old. I kid you not. Like I, I, I remember actually, I remember I thought I was so innovative at three years old that I was making my own bite sized pancakes like quarter size pancakes. And I thought it was innovation. And I was making my, my myself bite-sized pancakes compared to the traditional whatever stacks. Um, and that was my childhood. Man. Yeah, dude. So I, I grew up loving uh, cooking and baking. I still have this dream to open up my own food truck uh, one day, if not a restaurant, farm to table style, all organic, natural, everything from scratch um, and opening up my own restaurant or food truck. So yeah, that's cool that you like, cooking too because uh I, I thoroughly enjoy it myself yeah no no I, I love cooking now obviously people only know me for the lasagna but i'd be i'd be chefing it up in the kitchen from time to time mm. um but yeah man I, yo that's what's up man cooking from, I, I started cooking at the age of um like seven because like there was nobody there i had to cook and i remember i, I 100 agree with you food network that that's that, that's my mm. shit and I, i've been yeah. watching that since i can remember uh uh iron chef america yeah i see yeah. master chef all that stuff but i remember the, when i really got into it there was some movie on disney channel and i remember some some baseball kid who uh who was like learning how to cook or something or he had a mm. competition and he had to crack eggs like uh like bobby flay in the movie he's like you need to crack this egg or else you're not gonna be a good cook yeah, yeah. And that night, I remember it was just me and my brother. That night, I, I was watching at night. Um, I was in the house alone, and I saw the movie. And then I went to the kitchen and I practiced, and I, I, I broke all the eggs from the carton, and none of them were right. All the shells were in the oh, yolk and everything. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, let me put it in the fridge because we use it tomorrow to cook. Mm -hmm. And then my brother wakes up in the morning the next day to make us breakfast, and he's like, "Where are the eggs?" I'm like, "Oh, it's in the plate," and they were all broken. Mm. and I, that was my introduction to cooking. I was like let me break an egg let me learn how to cook an egg and I'll take it from there oh man yeah I, I, you know I make a I make a damn good omelet let me tell you that like that, that that's what that is the creme de la creme of, of being a chef if you can make a good omelet then you know you you can hold your own in the kitchen so I kid you not I can yeah. make a damn good omelet um, any creme fraiche any creme fraiche mm -hmm. oh yeah there you go. See, so there you there, go. There, there's like the the French style, American style, all these different styles. Gordon Ramsay style, yeah, creme fraiche is key. Uh -huh. Um, on the flame, off the flame, on the flame. You name, I got, dude, I am in it. You have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm letting it all out. Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh trust me i've done my research i've i've trial <laughs> begun gone through many trial and errors um but i can hold my own in the kitchen man that's uh that's funny well you know what that's what's up. hopefully uh and any 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 teasers any any stay for the thanksgiving feast lasagna making in the process uh team outing family friends thanksgiving any any foreshadowing that um brian's lasagna might make an appearance Nah, so that's the thing. Uh, there's no calendar. There's no date on when mm. I'm, I'm going to make any lasagna. Um, but here's the one thing I do know. Uh, shout out to Katie. Shout out to Jimmy. They won the lottery in terms mm. of the whole fundraising thing. So the homies, I owe them lasagnas. Mm. So I know in the next week or two, I'm going to pass by the grocery and pick up some ingredients. And hey, I might make a little bit too much. Mm. Right? Hey. I might make a little bit too much, you know. I, I'm Spanish. We don't, we don't, we don't cook one serving size portion. <laughs> yeah. We pull out the big pot. Oh, we man. go heavy. 
And hey, maybe in a week or two, I might have a little bit extra. I might have to, you know, get in the car and do some rounds. There you go. I'm going to hold you accountable because yeah. I'm going to drop this in the next couple of days. So we're going to tag <laughs> every shout out that we have in this episode. So I'm going to hold you accountable. You better go to the grocery yeah. store soon. Um, so I dead ass owe two people lasagnas. Yeah. So I'm going to have to make it. Like they, they, like they, no they, they're yeah. asking for me this time. Yeah. There you go. All right, man. So, you know, soon. Cool. Um, on that note, man, th- th- this was a lot of fun. Um, this was cool, dude. Thank you for taking the time. Um, yeah, any, yeah, man. Any, Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Any last words? Anything? I mean, we talked about cooking. We talked about boxing, running. What's on the calendar, man? What's on the agenda? Any any winter training? Any anything coming up? Just trying to chill. What's up? What 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 do you have coming up, man? So actually. I didn't run the marathon this past Sunday. Well, I was City? supposed to run New York City this mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. and I didn't because I am um I'm, I'm physically uh, I haven't trained, so I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was supposed to be my last marathon. I'm done with marathons. Mm. Uh, it was gonna be a nice little goodbye to the distance, but um, but yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna train for any more marathons. Uh, I'm gonna continue running, mm-hmm. but I just feel like I learned so many lessons throughout running. Uh, uh, during running throughout the years mm-hmm. that I'm going to start applying all these wonderful things that I learned to other things in life. Okay. So nah, I'm, I'm done racing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue running. I'm going to be out there with my teammates, you know, supporting them, cheering them on. I'm going to still show up for the culture, but I think my, I think I'm going to take a little, uh, a little change in life. You know, mm. I, like I said, I grew up so much throughout the years through running and it's helped me out. I think I'm ready to do something else. Nice. So, yeah. On to the yeah, next it, chapter. Man. On to the next chapter, yeah. man. Stay tuned. If, if it, um, yeah. If anything, if anybody asks me, what am I training for? And my boy, I heard my boy say it once, and I'm like, I'm training for life. We we go we gonna continue, but we gonna we gonna switch it up a little bit. There we go. So yeah, that, that's that's it, man. Training for life, man. I love it. Um, yes, all right. Sir. Well, yeah. I'm definitely gonna catch you out there, get some miles in, uh, see the team, see the crew. Get a good workout in. So I'm looking forward to that, man. Looking forward to mm-hmm. catching up as always. It's oh, a good time. Can, I, can I say one thing? Can I say yeah, one thing? Let's go. What's up? It's because uh, whenever I can, I say this. Um, New York City is an amazing city for running. I, I honestly believe we have the best running community in the entire world, right? I've met crews throughout the world. I've met so many people from different continents who, who they hold it down their own city. We have it the best. If anybody's listening to this, Go out, run with a different crew, mm-hmm. meet new people. We have so many crews out here. We, we got to go out there. We got to, you, you got to, you got to meet new crews. Hit up Queens, hit up Brooklyn. Yo, so real quick, shout out Old Man, GFTC, BKTC, WEPA, World's Fair, Bridge Runners, OSR, Resident Runners. Yo, there's so many crews out there. Mm-hmm. Pull up, show up, try something different, try something new because this is the best city for running. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not appreciate it before you know? Before we might not be there anymore. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm still. Be, I'm not gonna be racing, but I'm still be out there. I just had to let that out. So I'm yeah, no, for we're sure. the best, man. We're the best. Yeah, I'm not even gonna add to that. I'm not even gonna add anything to it because you said it perfectly, and that sums up this episode. And I, that's a wrap. That's it. We're good. That's New York it. City running, that's New York it. City running culture. Stay for it. Love it. We're here for it. Get after it. Um, all right, Take man. It easy. This has been fun. Thank you. Uh, Stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories.